0: Body and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Deep in the heat of summer uh, in August in the UK uh, where we do have some changeable weather but right now it's been really hot and sunny for the last couple of days. Glad to speak to you. I'm Aid, and my co-host Graham is with me here today. How are you Graham?
1: Oh Aid, hey, I'm so happy to have you back. Um, it's been A quiet few weeks here whilst you've been away having a great time on holiday, so it's lovely to have you back, mate, and I cannot wait to hear what you've been up to.
0: Oh, well, you're too kind, too kind. Uh, we have had, we, the family, we've had a fantastic time. I would thoroughly recommend Croatia to anybody who has the opportunity to go there. Uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we got some of the time we we were on land and some of the time we were sailing, and uh, both bits were excellent. I think the sailing made it for me, though, and, uh, you know, it's just things like, uh, lashing the gangplank to the bow of the boat and making my kids walk the plank like pirates, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I dived off it as well, you know. I'm not immune to the fun of that sort of thing, but we've had a, a fantastic time, some some great food, uh, certainly nice and hot and sunny weather and sailing. And do you know what? Uh, I can't fault it. can't think of one thing I didn't like about it. That
1: sounds fantastic. It is rare to go on a holiday that is... A flawless victory especially sounds terrible but especially when you have little ones in tow because um children want different things from a holiday than grown-ups do and i i have to say i would have a high degree of trepidation taking my children on a boat for well how long was it you were on the boat for
0: uh we were on a boat for a week
1: <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i was talking to my youngest about the possibility of when we go away on holiday going on the boat for an hour and um all he could think about and all he could talk about, was, but it could sink. It could sink. <laughs> at literally any time. What if? What if you guess? What? So um, I've given up on that idea. So even for one hour that won't work for me. But a week? Uh, that's amazing.
0: Well, you know, it was. Uh, it's quite. Uh, calm waters it's not too windy you, you it's windy enough to do some sailing but it's not you know americas cup type stuff it's more sort of pootling about in the sunshine mm-hmm. uh, but the kids were just so excited they they've been looking forward to it for ages and they we were so excited they forgot about all of that trepidation they just put their life jackets on clambered around the boat jumped in the sea swam around a lot and and had an excellent time and that made it a lot easier for the grown-ups on the trip as well of course because uh, yes. you didn't have to worry about them enjoying themselves too much I mean you know I don't suppose they'd have had too much patience for me saying I want to stop here for four hours to take some pinhole photographs. <laughs> <like that.
1: laughs> Oh, all that bright sunshine! You probably could have been done in at least two.
0: Yeah, well, maybe yes, yes. Uh, 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 it's, uh, it certainly it certainly helped. It helped with uh, the Holger as well. Actually, bright sunshine. It's like, well, which dial, which one shall I have it on? Shall I have it on the sunshine mode or shall I have it on the cloudy mode? i was like, no, this is pretty straightforward stuff. I'm going to put it on sunshine mode. And <laughs> you just can treat it yourself
1: to using it on sunshine mode. That must be <laughs> like wow. I'm, I'm really letting this thing go today because, I mean, I think pretty much when you're in Britain, you're not allowed to use that setting, are you?
0: <laughs> it's, it's only if you've got Delta 3200 in it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it, in the manual it says, uh, you know, use this setting for sunny, use this setting for cloudy. Uh, if you live in Britain, uh, it, this has one setting and it is always on the cloudy.
0: Yeah, it is a bit. I didn't, and, and I don't know what I'm going to get, actually. The films uh, uh, were posted off to the lab. I mean, I only got back... 2 days ago uh and i posted the the films off to the lab yesterday so i don't know the results yet but i did try uh 100 speed film and i did try 400 speed film so i shot uh my 100 was ektar mm-hmm. uh, which i love and i was really hoping i hope that comes out because i yeah the the saturation you get from ektar is it, i think it'll be beautiful do quite a lot of justice to the blue of the sea and the blue of the sky and i um, mean you could see 10 15 meters down through the seawater to the bottom when it was yeah, that it was shallow just... i mean it was beautiful uh i mean it's very deep in a lot of places we were sailing because of course you've got a, a depth gauge on the boat and we were in 80 meters of water a lot of the time uh and uh, what little beaches they are were very very steep as well so you could you know sort of a yard into the sea you'd be up to your knees two yards yeah. into the sea you'd be up to your neck you <laughs> know it was that steep perfect for kids yeah yeah the kids yeah absolutely yes yeah. So it's like one step Further, oh, you're underwater! Mm. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> but that's where the life jackets come in. But the uh, no, but the water was really clear, so there was very blue sea, very blue sky, and then you know, sort of the, the greens and the browns of uh, of the land. Uh, and I'm hoping the Ektar's really worked. I, I took Portra 400 as well, and of the two, I. I I prefer the Ectar to be the one that works, but I hedged my bets a bit because I didn't really know how sunny it was gonna be. I don't really know how much difference it's gonna get, and I know that the portrait you you know is uh, so much latitude that I'm hoping that the four hundred portrait won't be too bad so what cause when we
1: last spoke about your holiday plans you um your plan was to go as minimal as minimal, which was as far as I can make out to take your Holger. And to take your um, uh, Olympus Tough Toy Tonka Cam. And (laughs) that was about it, wasn't it? Uh,
0: Yes. Is that Uh, what happened in the end? It is what happened. So I had the Holger and I took uh, six rolls of film with me. Mm -hmm. And I used five of them. Although the last one came out quite fat because the foam on the inside of my Holger succumbed to the heat. Well, the adhesive on it anyway. Yeah. So halfway through roll number four, it started to get really tight to wind. And then across the little red window on the back came a large chunk of foam. Oh, <laughs> it's like, no. ah, that's why it's difficult to wind. So then I had to do uh, the old trick of getting in a dark place, sticking it under loads of bedclothes and, and opening the back halfway through a roll of film uh, to get that little bit of foam out. Who would have thought
1: that your Holger would let you down whilst you were away on holiday? Who could have foreseen that? Oh wait, that is exactly what we foresaw happening. Still, you got through five rolls before that happened.
0: I did. The fifth roll came out quite baggy, though. So again, I had to, uh, and I didn't have a dark bag with me because um, it's never done that on the Holger before. So again, I was in a dark. Uh, by that time, we were back on land, so that was a dark bathroom and under a towel. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know i had to take it and you had to do you know you know what it's like when you get a baggy roll of 120 you have to roll it all out right down to the beginning and then roll it up tight um uh again so i've done that and i have absolutely no idea what's going to come out of that one um I'm sure we'll, we'll just have to see well that's part of the challenge isn't it i mean it was part of the experiment of going and taking a holger with me and it was part of the challenge of uh, using those kind of cameras in the first place. You don't you don't know what's going to happen, do you? No, it, no. You, uh, well,
1: it, it, you know, thank God it happened on roll number five and not roll number one. Otherwise, what would have happened is you didn't use that camera anymore.
0: Well, yeah, that's right. Yes, absolutely. And and actually, I got 12 out of 14 days out of it. And, that's very good. And all it, need, all it needs doing in terms of engineering is a little bit of proper super glue to put the phone back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's... And then I'm and then I'm done and it should be perfectly serviceable again. So, so
1: what, what sort of stuff was it you were shooting with it?
0: It's difficult to remember. <laughs> but I suspect it was uh, landscapes but from a boat quite often. So, you know, across <laughs> the sea across the one. sea to a beach or across the sea to an island or, yeah. or you know, or maybe around a marina. Um, I did try to take it when we went for walks on land as well, so there'll probably be a couple of uh, shots of sort of medieval streets, you know, with you know, very narrow streets with tall buildings that are almost touching each other at the top, uh, which they seem to have plenty of in Croatia, and it's very pretty for it. So, you know, it's been a lot of daytime stuff mostly. Yeah. Uh, I did try and remember your stuff about doing nighttime stuff, and uh, because I was on a boat... I couldn't really use a tripod. <laughs> well, I could, I took my gorilla pod and that worked really well because you could wrap it around any bit of boat you like. Uh, but you, it wasn't suitable for long exposures because the boat was bobbing up and down, even though the sea was very calm. Sure. So, uh, I didn't do long exposure stuff. Uh, but I, so it's mostly daytime stuff, brilliant, sunny, uh, some people, some buildings and towns, some landscape type stuff, uh, and we'll see what comes back.
1: Uh, sounds awesome. Um, So what were the other films? You said you shot a couple of rolls of colour film, um, or was it all colour
0: film? Uh, I did two Ektar, two Portra 400, and uh, two Tri-X. But the uh Triax because I took the Triax for the city stuff for the back end of the holiday uh and that was the fifth roll that uh came out all baggy so I have no idea what that Triax is going to look like uh and then the sixth roll the, the second roll of Triax I didn't dare use because I knew the camera was a bit knackered by then
1: Did you feel obviously you took the tripod with you to give you a bit more flexibility you obviously found this place really beautiful, and it sounds like in, in many ways it actually exceeded your expectations that you had before going there. Did you at any point feel any regret for traveling so
0: light? No. Really? <laughs> well, so I, I guess when the Holger broke, I kind of did. Mm. <laughs> you know? you're absolutely right i mean the thing that to be fair i think you predicted i think i thought it was going to be fairly bulletproof but you you were predicted or at least challenged my choice of taking a holger but uh i think what do i what do i think i might have missed by traveling so light um i did wonder because i love flash photography whether i would want more light um i had a torch i was going to go with a torch but i didn't it didn't come up in the end so didn't worry me with about that, that too much uh i did take the wide angle lens for the holger <laughs> oh, which no. which i used a couple of times yeah uh and actually uh, when we come to talk later in this episode about our holger week photos back there's a couple i'd used shot in holger a uh, week which with the wide angle which i thought came out quite nicely but uh, more on that later uh but the no i don't think i did because i had my you know my Olympus Tonka toy camera, yeah, and uh, that was great. Um, I you know, uh, mostly it was great at things like uh, swimming in the water, videoing the kids jumping into the sea. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and actually, you've got sea level view video of kids walking the plank like pirates, yeah, uh, and that stuff is priceless. I mean, it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not art, <laughs> it's, but, but it is priceless, and that was a fantastic camera, uh, and and some of its crazy scene modes were great as well, uh, but the yeah on the film front, no, I didn't, because we were, you know, we were on a family holiday. I wasn't ever going to get the chance to do long walks because we were only on a forty-foot boat. <laughs> so yeah, that's you go true. for a long walk off a forty-foot boat, and you <laughs> walk, end up in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah you know, uh it's it's no i i wasn't uh, wasn't troubled by that at all the only thing i suppose i will be troubled by if the photos come back a bit naff is whether or not i should have had something that had a bit more exposure latitude in the camera rather than just sunny
1: <laughs> yeah I... yeah i can i completely understand that but i think the thing is that given the latitude that's in the, the um the two color films in particular that you were using um it's amazing what you can pull out of those. I, I'm sure they will be fine. I'm sure you'll be perfectly happy with what you get out of them because they, they uh, it never ceases to amaze me how forgiving that is.
0: Um, especially on the overexposure. I think uh, you know some of them are quite forgiving on the overexposure, aren't they? More than the underexposure. And I, if if anything, I think I was probably overexposing, especially that portrait 400
1: yeah absolutely if stuff's lost in the shadows it can be difficult to pull anything out of it but it, the, the highlight retention is quite impressive on a lot of these films but yes yeah, stuff does get lost in the shadows if you're not careful oh well i'm really looking forward to seeing as when are you expecting them back
0: mm, usually takes a couple of weeks i think uh so couple of weeks uh, well 10 days to two weeks yeah oh my god where so where have you sent this lot to uh these have gone to ag photo labs again so oh, i'm um, sort of you know that i've had uh my holger week stuff went to them and it's come back and it looks really really nice so i you know i think they may be be emerging as my new uh go-to lab for for most stuff two weeks that's too long Need someone quicker no don't it's all right it's all that's part of the magic isn't it you know no, no I, the
1: magic is now do No. Now.
0: <laughs> well you might as well <laughs> shoot digital then if you want magic now
1: no 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 you magic you do it you you finish your film you take it home you do it it's the magic now this is why
0: <laughs> you just need chemicals and then you can you can um heisenberg yourself up and you'll be fine all right so tell tell me mr now <laughs> how's your c41 developing been going it's been going
1: good, yeah. The kit turned up uh, a couple of weeks ago. There were a lot of bottles.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I think... did see a photograph you posted. There did seem to be more than the average number of bottles.
1: <sighs> okay, well, you know me. I, I am able to make even the simplest of actions somehow more tricky. And This after, is true. <laughs> yeah, after chatting to um, Dave off of the forums about uh, developing and a few other people who have been using the the Tetanol C41 kit and saying, oh, this is nice simple. It's easy in 10 minutes and you're done. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to look into that. And so I went on to, I think it was the first call website, which is a supplier of photographic supplies in the UK. And I was looking at that and looking at the other C41 kits because why wouldn't you whilst I was there? And they had this Fuji Hunt C41 kit. And within the description of that, they referenced a blog uh, by I think the blog is kevinthephotographer.blogspot.com something like that anyway I went to his website I was looking at his picture it's well worth a visit actually he has some um, fantastic pictures on there he does a, a real range of stuff pinhole large format 35 millimeter all sorts of stuff beautiful photography really well written blog um, and he was talking about using this Fuji hunt kit and I asked him why he used it and the one reason he said was well the shelf life is supposed to be better and as somebody who struggles to get through film quickly i thought oh that could be quite useful Mm. and also with all of these c41 kits the um economics of scale they, they kind of don't make a lot of sense so you a small kit isn't Proportionally smaller than a large kit. You, you, as the quantities go up, you get far more film developing potential for your money very quickly. So, although this kit was, um, I think, about ten pounds more expensive than the tetanol kit was, it'll do about twice as many films theoretically. Anyway, if I ever get through that money before it runs out. So, anyway. This kit turns up. And yeah, there's a whole lot of bottles because it's not as straightforward and simple as the Technoc is. Um, And the... If you just take all the bottles and put them with water, you get five litres of each chemical to use. Uh, That's a lot. Five litres is a lot of chemical. It
0: doesn't sound like quite a lot, yeah.
1: Yeah. One, I've got nothing to store... Um, was it? Let me see. There's the developer, the bleach, the fix, the stabilizer, and there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, nah, it's
0: probably not that important.
1: Probably not but Anyway, Anyway, <laughs> so you need loads of. So, so, okay, I don't. And also, once it's mixed, it uh, will go off fast. I don't want to mix that much. So, again, fortunately, on Kevin the Photographer's website he had this handy chart of okay if you want to mix up this much these are the amounts you use so i thought okay i'm going to mix up 500 milliliters of that that's enough to do um a couple of rolls of 35 mil at a time or a 120 roll i'll do that much so then i had to measure all these chemicals out that was probably the most stressful part because you're using in some of the chemicals are quite big bottles and you're using quite easy to measure out quantities. Some of these bottles were really small, so you're trying to measure out just like two mils of something to add to the water. Oh, right. um, but anyway, got through all that. And the nice thing with the, the C41 kit is because you can reuse these chemicals multiple times, you only have to do that once you've burnt out that film so i'm hoping that i'm going to get i don't know 10 15 rolls of film out of this first batch of 500 mils made up so the chemicals are just there so it took quite a long time to do it but it's all there and i had a couple of rolls of film to give it a go with <laughs> the first roll of film i tried it with i thought ah, i just want to burn a burner film one i'm not worried about wrecking so um i was round. to at my boy's house, and I stole a roll of film that my ex-wife had lying around. (laughs) Well, she's never going to get around to developing that. Uh, It was in the camera. Well, it turned out when I developed the film, it had been in the camera for about 10 years because there's pictures of my oldest son as a baby, and he's about to turn 10. Oh, right. Uh, (laughs) Okay. It had been around for quite a while. Um, The process of developing it, it's a bit more involved than black and white and you have to be more precise the hardest part for me is getting the developer up to the right temperature uh, black and white film you can develop it at 20 degrees or even lower than 20 degrees and you just adjust the developing time so you've got quite a lot of room there if it's like okay well it's about 18 degrees i'll just adjust the time no problem Thirty-eight degrees is actually pretty hot. I don't think I've quite figured out in my brain, but that's pretty hot. That's
0: um, blood temperature, isn't it? Essentially,
1: is it really? I don't know. Um,
0: Thirty-eight Celsius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 about well, thirty-seven. Is that is is um, is your body temperature?
1: Oh well, well there you go. I'll, I'll go to sleep with the stuff in the future and warm it up like that. The first time <laughs> I did it, I don't used drink a, it. No, um, probably <laughs> best not to. The the first time I did it, I used this fairly shallow water bath, and I really, it just wasn't getting the stuff warmed up enough. So I ended up having to take the um, thing, the tube with the developer in, and stick it in another bowl with far hotter water to get that warmed up. Um, the good thing is that whilst the developer needs to be at thirty eight degrees, not more, not less, at thirty eight degrees, the rest of the chemicals after that just need to be in a fairly broad window between, you know, 25 and 30. So they were all fine.
0: No, okay, not so difficult then.
1: No. um, And, yeah, so you just then go through the process. A so developer goes in, that's in for three minutes and 15 seconds or something like that, and there's a little ag- agitation routine you have to go through, which I completely I <laughs> didn't bother to read that bit until after I'd done the first one. I was like, ah, oh, well, it was fine anyway. Um, Then... That comes out, and then um, you—I can't remember all Then you wash it, and then bleach goes in, and then fix goes in, and then stabilizer goes in, and, and the whole process takes about twenty minutes until you get to the phase where you're just rinsing at the end. Oh, um, okay, that's
0: not too bad, then, is it?
1: No, it's not too bad. I mean, it takes a while. You have to factor into this, obviously, the time of getting the roll of film onto the reel which hasn't been too bad the last couple of times i've done that but you have to do that and getting the chemicals up to temperature um and so i'd say it i wouldn't attempt doing this if i didn't have a clear hour in my schedule Um, because by the time i've done it all and cleared up all my mess uh (laughs) but yeah so i got the first roll done and there was a reasonably high amount of trepidation about how this was all going <laughs> to turn out because it's a new territory. And it was great. It came out and it's harder to judge with colour negatives than it is with black and white because you can't see really how they come out. But pictures came out and I've been really pleased with the results. I've now done three rolls of film, so I did that first roll of 35mm um c41 film and and that that was fine and the colors came out really nicely and surprisingly not too grainy either for a film that was been sat in a camera in a cupboard in a very warm house for the last 10 years um then after that i did a roll of ektar uh, and that all came out fine that was from the pinhole and lastly and this was one of the driving forces for me to want to be able to do my own c41 was the ability to do cross processing nice and easily, oh. so I that role of Kodak um Fuji Provia that went in my Holger did that, and um that was great. The best thing was because the first step in the process is giving the film a, a rinse, which I did the first time round. And then I read the instructions, and it said, oh, do this rinse if you're using this thing. I thought, well, I'm not using that, so I don't need to rinse it. And it turned the developer a fairly dip orangey color. I was like, oh, maybe I should have rinsed <laughs> it first. All this dye's gone in here now. So with the Fujiprovia... I thought, I'll I'll give it a rinse this time. I'll give it a wash before it goes in. And the water that came out of that was bright blue. It was fantastic. (laughs) um, So I'm glad I did, because otherwise my developer would have started to look a really gross color. Mm. Um, But yeah, that was quite impressive seeing all the dye come out of that. The process is exactly the same, because it's just the process that it is. Um, And the results were really colorful to say the least <laughs> um i know you've seen some of the pictures because i stuck a load of them up on instagram and some in our facebook uh, Flickr group i was really pleased with the results from the provia with the holger there's they some... look great
0: to me they look fantastic i'm looking at them now actually and and you know the the colors are amazing and you've got some really fortuitous overlaps as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. We, we talked about last time the fact that the um <laughs> every frame was gonna be overlapped. And it was, you know, so <laughs> the 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 size of the pictures is all a bit variable. There's certainly not all six by sixes. Some of them are thinner and some of them are wider and because with most of my I, I scanned them in and scanned them in to all as one hit, as much as I could on my scanner and then okay does it look any good like that how am i going to chop these down um and in most cases i ended up separating them out pretty much to what they were or or leaving a part of the one and there was only one that i shared um one i kept as actually a joined up film because it worked quite nicely because it was two films taken in the same garden the one shot was of my clients i was telling you about and then the next bit was another part of their garden and it just looked as if it all sort of belonged together so that worked. yeah
0: it does i i really like that one that was the one i was going to mention actually because i was looking at that and i thought actually that's i i knew that the overlapping thing was was you know slightly unplanned but the the result you've come up with is is fantastic and yeah yeah. happy accident with that and the color's slide film,
1: even cross-process slide film, holy balls, the colours in that stuff are amazing. It's one of those things, though, when, especially when dealing with cross-process film, is that a lot of... You need to use, spend more time and effort in the scanning because the scanner doesn't really know what to make of the colours that are there. Um, mm. Because what are those colours supposed to be? I have had only one roll of cross-process film done before and I sent it off to um, Film Hippo, which is a lab that you've used, mm. and I got... Scans back and prints, because at the time I wasn't doing either of those things. Actually, I think I had started scanning, but they sent the disc for free anyway. And these pictures came back and the images were incredibly red. All The colours were all very red. But when I scanned them in myself, the scanner corrects for stuff. Um, and it's the same for anybody who's doing this, Any, whether it's a lab or at home when you're scanning in these negatives, your scanner is making choices about it. It's reading the colour spectrum going, well, this is what this should be like. Mm. And then it's up to us how we interpret that and and adjust it. And so what I was doing as I was scanning it was going through and tweaking it to where I liked it, basically. Um, Because I'm not really sure... It's one of those, things I have no idea what they technically should look like as cross-process colour, what the natural look for them is. There's there's no way for me to know.
0: Um, it's a pretty unnatural thing, even for a fresh roll of film. But, I mean, if you're doing this with 10-year-old film, I mean, who knows what they're supposed to. I think it's entirely your choice, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, that's what, and it was quite difficult in some of the cases because the, the scanner was really thrown by it. It was having a really hard time getting even a baseline for it. So it did involve quite a lot more work than usual, uh, getting into the settings and adjusting the red, green, and blue channel to get the colours to something that I felt was pleasing, to me at least. Um, but it, it it was worth the effort, and the, as I said at the beginning, the, the colours that you get from the slide film are, are always... Something a bit special. Um, I, I, have you shot slide film before, Aid? I can't remember whether I've asked you this before.
0: Uh, once or twice. Um, it's not something that I particularly have uh, worked on, though. So, no. Uh, it's it's one of those things that's that's always been on the list, but um, it's just yeah, ne- never something that I've got around to particularly. Uh, so it's something that I'll I'll do at some point in the future. But I mean, I think if if this was a more involved process i mean you know i know you have uh opinions uh that sounds really bad, doesn't it? I know you have opinions. I know day, you have opinions so. and I know you but I know I know you have a particular preference for you know for you know post processing and, and actually not letting other people make the decisions for you. For what it's worth, I think the stuff you've done on this uh for the, the Holger Week film, uh with the cross process slide film, uh, I think it looks great. I think it looks fantastic. Oh, thank you very um, much, mate. Uh, and even before I spoke to you this evening, I'd favorited that shot you were just describing with your clients and their gardens.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I appreciate that. It was fun. I mean, at the end of the day, the pictures, the content of the pictures is what it was. As we talked about last week, you know, I was shooting this stuff for the most part just whilst I was out at work. And th- then the content is nothing special. Um, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised by <laughs> um the holger in the terms of the shots where i was you, you know focusing down so, you know there is depth of field there It actually um it, the results were better than i expected in that sense i think i was i was anticipating a flatter um just everything to be in focus kind of picked Shot that you get from some of the cheaper cameras where they're using the smaller apertures, but I certainly found I think there's the picture of the um, what's that <laughs> garden game people were playing? Um, not polo, definitely not polo. Oh, not I know
0: the photo you're talking croquet? about, but I, oh, I croquet, don't know what yes. it's called. Yeah, it's croquet. Oh my god, oh, that' was croquet. Oh, yes, sorry, I can see a hoop in the lawn. Yes, it's yeah. croquet.
1: So there's a picture of a croquet stick thing and that was reasonably close, so I used the the close up setting and that actually that's in focus and the bit, the bit in front of focus but behind it it's not like, oh wow, that that actually does make a difference um so I was impressed with that and i'm actually quite impressed with the relative sharpness of some of the images as well, not that that's what I was looking for but i, I found the look of the shots pleasing, and I can absolutely see the appeal of it um and uh and the, the colors and all that i think using the slide film and cross-processing it really helped me out because they gave a punchy kick up the ass <laughs> to <laughs> photos that might otherwise be quite boring um because of their content it was interesting when i was sharing these pictures um one of the people who we follow uh, and whose work I really like on Instagram, uh, a guy called the Rutland Flyer, he commented that he likes to use cross processing because it gives, you know, the colors really do give the pictures a, a real pop. But he rations himself using it because he doesn't want it to become a crutch. And I can absolutely see where he's coming from on that because it does make things look fun and interesting and colorful because it's, you know, the the colors really do stand out and they do lift otherwise uninteresting scenes. But then that's quite easy to just take pictures of uninteresting scenes. If you're not careful, Um, I,
0: I, I am. I've got a big smirky grin on my face at the moment because I, I, to extend the thought about, I know you have opinions, I also know you have opinions about lamography.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and this is it. You know, and I say this, You, I'm getting very close to finally finishing up that role of red scale in the um, Olympus trip. And that's the same thing again. Um, and we talked about it on a podcast <clears throat> a good few weeks ago now about the fact that using these things like cross-processing and red scale and all of the other things as additive techniques is can be great, but just using them to compensate for a lack of content, um, not so good. And it's certainly a trap that I, you know, I could see myself falling into because it was really tempting. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the results in the Holger this time around, my first instinct was to go, I'm going to see how much slide film I've got. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going on a slide film cross processing bender because this is great. Um and I haven't done that. I
0: pulled back from
1: the brink, but I've got quite a bit <laughs> quite a bit to use. So I'm sure we'll see it cropping up.
0: That's um, cool though. I I think that yeah, cuz some, sometimes it is yeah, you were saying uh, a podcast or two ago that sometimes you have to work a scene, but I think sometimes you have to work a technique as well. And I've been, uh, you yeah, know, focusing on the Holger now for three, four months, whatever it's been, maybe a bit longer than that now, uh, to the not to the complete exclusion of, of other cameras. But I've been really trying to give it a go, and I'm really starting to find that uh, uh, I I I have a. <laughs> a sort of understanding of how the photos are going to come out yeah um, you know it's only a vague understanding because you never really know what's quite going to happen but you 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 get a feel for what will work with that camera and what won't and i think there's definitely a uh, a value in practicing with something so that you can then set your mind to achieve something and that's really easy with a modern or modern-ish film camera you know maybe a an SLR that would shoot aperture priority or something like that you you can be fairly sure what's going to come out of it Mm. Um, with these other cameras the older ones the more plasticky ones you know it's uh, I'm finding I'm enjoying the practice and you know and I think it's okay to to go on a bit of a binge every now and again Um, I've been on a black and white holger binge for a few months uh i'm now starting to do a little bit of color and and in doing the color i'm starting to understand a little bit about what works in color on a holger rather than just being afraid of it yeah. So i wouldn't be afraid of it. if you want to go on a slide film cross-processing holger binge i think i'm with you i'm sure the whole of the internet's behind you <laughs> you know just do it yeah you know, because the other thing that I've been thinking about with
1: this, and it is a problem that I have, and that you have, and I suspect a lot of people have, of that we spend most of our time and most of our limited photographic opportunity is in the same places regularly. I've talked certainly talked about the fact that, I'm going to the same gardens every week. They're beautiful, they're lovely, but they're the same ones week in, week out. And most of them are places that I've been going to for six, seven, eight years. And to get better at something, you need to keep doing it. To get better at photography, I need to keep taking photos. Um, but practicing isn't enough unless it's good practice you need to be taking good photos um and i don't know whether using some of these techniques to adjust the look of the photos to make them look more interesting even though the subject matter is essentially still the same is beneficial or not i don't know it it's i mean that's kind of the way i've been looking at it is thinking well yes the content is familiar to me but maybe because of what i'm shooting i will frame things differently or i'll include or exclude different things um because the alternative is just to go well i'm not going to keep taking these same photos i'm not going to shoot another roll of black and white film in this garden because i feel like i've exhausted what there is to take here
0: um what do you think uh, It sounds like a a philosophical dilemma as much as anything, but but I don't think it's an uncommon one, because I I have uh, some sympathy for how you feel. Uh, I think, for me, there are a number of dimensions in which you can move. So it's what you take photographs of, the equipment you use, the processes you use, the composition you, you, know, you uh, all of those things. And the trick is to have the discipline to push yourself. So maybe it's a project you need. Maybe it's a project where you you set your you set yourself. Okay, I'm going to do X, where X is something maybe one step away from what you usually do. So maybe it's not about Particularly about taking pictures of people's gardens or flowers, or maybe it's—I mean, I, I thought you did a really good job of that shot with your clients. And so maybe it's about taking a pictures of the owners of yeah. those gardens. And you know, there's a whole wealth of project material in there. And it's—you in you know—it's portraiture. It's in gardens. It's in the same gardens. But it, yeah, so that's what I mean about it being one step away. You'll only be—you know—it's it, something that's achievable given your current—you know—life. Events, if for want of a better term, I know that's not a very good term, but you know, you have to be in certain places a certain time, and there's only one biker meet in the local village a year. I (laughs) know it's (laughs) not helping me, and school sports days are only a couple of days in July, you know. (laughs) So, you know, I think for because this is what I've been thinking now. I mean, you know, that I've been doing a project around London for quite some time, and you know i'm starting to feel i'm reaching the difficult part of that Um and you know what do i do with that uh you know do i uh there's only so many different routes i can take between waterloo station and my office near the tower of london because if i go the wrong way i'm just going to end up walking for miles <laughs> so, you, and I've you done actually
1: it. you haven't you haven't talked about your project before on podcast have you
0: uh, no, not the not the Tumblr that I was doing. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, uh, primarily because it's not. A f- it wasn't, uh, and it's not a film project. The uh just just for the listeners just a very quick pricey. uh i have a tumblr uh, which you can find at a968 on tumblr ade968 uh which is called to work and uh when i picked up a particular client just over a year ago i decided i was going to have a daily photographic blog of my commute uh hence the name to work uh and it was primarily ba- uh, primarily done with an iphone and a moment tele lens uh, which is a quite good quality lens to uh, strap on or uh, fix onto the front of your iPhone so that it gives you more of a 60mm uh, a field of view rather than a 28mm field of view. And I've published through there 3 400 photos over a period of about nine months uh i think the last post i did on it was a little while ago and it said i'm off to do a thing called the sunny 16 podcast (laughs) i'll only be shooting film so please come and follow me on instagram at sunny 16 podcast underscore aid so it's been mothballed for now um I was moving it to film uh but then when we started up the podcast I thought you know what I I I spread a bit thin so I I pushed everybody uh my very few number of followers on Tumblr to I've asked them kindly to go and look at the other stuff that we're doing now mm. um, no, but no. there's only so much having done that for a year because I've been walking that same route now for a year and i'm starting to feel i'm getting to the edge of it of what i can do with it so uh, i don't know what to do next uh i need a new project i think i was thinking yeah. that was on my holidays it's like where am i going with all of this stuff not in the you know uh, an existentially you know uh, existential crisis kind of way um just uh you know what is it i'm trying to achieve here and i don't really have particularly big ambitions so it's it's not something that's going to trouble me too much but uh i can understand why you might feel that it's a bit difficult to express more stuff if you're just taking the same photographs
1: yeah yeah I mean I think I think your your idea is very good of of looking for particular um, a particular assignment within that and and I think that's as I going back to that point of I think that in some ways is why I've been trying to use some of these different um, formats whether it's pinhole or using the slide film or using the red scale because you do what i did when i was using the holger and when i was considering my subject material i was very much taking that into account i was looking at things thinking okay i want you know i i know that this film is hopefully going to be quite saturated and the colors are going to be quite striking so a lot of the images i was looking for were more graphic in a way. There's a picture of a wheat field growing, which is just wheat and trees and sky and you know, and, and. I like that one. Um, it's very simple um, and you know in black and white. I would never have taken that picture because it would have not looked good. Um, and things like the the facility to double expose. I, I had a couple of goes at doing that. I didn't nail either of them, but it was <laughs> making me think about it and again, it's working your brain and and trying to squeeze some more creativity out of it because there's this whole... um, I'm sure you've heard of Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours um, thing. Oh, Oh, yeah. But the thing is that that doesn't mean if you do something for 10,000 hours, you'll be good at it. It means if you really work at something and if you're really pushing yourself at something, then maybe after 10,000 hours, you'll have got somewhere with it. And so you there's no point keeping taking the same images that doesn't benefit us, but by pushing ourselves. Um, But yeah, uh, well, I'm going to take heart from your uh, endorsement to maybe shoot some more color slide film um, because it was fun. (laughs) And (laughs) now that I've got the facility to do it, um, but maybe what I'll try and do is think of a project to fit it into. Um, I, you know, I've we've mocked me, and well, you've mocked me in the past. The fact that I take pictures of flowers, but maybe if I could try and do something with that, because they are the most readily available um, models that I have, but try and think of some different way of interpreting them. Maybe that's a thing I could do. It certainly crossed my mind before. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to do, um, you know, <laughs> on the subject of uh, a film processing in a way and also of people using different techniques to make their images stand out um i saw on instagram a photographer there's this uh technique called film souping i don't know whether you've come across this before i hadn't come across it until quite recently and this is where people are pre-soaking or doing stuff to their film and then re-rolling it and then shooting it to see what effect it has on the film. Uh, I saw a picture today where somebody had soaked it in red wine. Uh, Dave off of the forum sent me a picture where he was doing something with pineapple juice and it looked like Jif <laughs> to his film. I have no idea what was going on there. And the, the one that stuck in my mind, not necessarily for the right reasons, was a photographer who was soaking her film in makes of her own saliva, blood and urine before shooting it because mm, you know nice. art and no well these, <laughs> uh, it, it, the pictures the, the the content wasn't really there you know it's i don't know it's one of these things where like okay <laughs> um you're making a statement but uh it feels like the goth version of photography in some ways. Anyway, so um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, And on the subject of more um, sensible chemicals, I, I would just like to finish up by saying that the C41 kit, I am really pleased with. The nice thing about having a process that is the same for every roll of film is that hopefully over time it'll just get locked into my brain. It is straightforward anyone can do it. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to do it at all. It, it is straightforward to do and I've been really pleased with the results and it's just nice to know that I can go and develop a roll of colour film at the drop of a hat and I'm sure that it's gonna save me money over the time as well. I mean already I've just from developing two rolls of one twenty film and one roll of thirty five millimeter, I've already saved myself Probably about twenty-five pounds, so I'm well on the way towards making back the fifty pounds I spent on
0: the roll of film. Well, it sounds good on that basis as well. I look forward to seeing what comes out of your experimentations. I mean, you've had a good start, I would say, a good start. And uh, part of that, I would say, is you know your general approach to trying things new, which usually it seems to have done you uh, quite a lot of favours in this case. Uh, and part of the claim, I. Uh, credit i should say uh i will grant to the holger
1: oh yeah
0: it was a week exercise after all
1: it was and i i like the holger very much and i'm
0: looking forward to to put some more (laughs) stuff through it i never thought i'd hear you say that (laughs) okay well i have some news oh i
1: like news is it breaking news or is this just ordinary news um
0: let's go with breaking news
1: (laughs) breaking news (laughs)
0: I'm,
1: i'm rusty this is what happens when you go away for two weeks it all falls apart
0: no, no. Sounded all right to me. Sounded <laughs> all right to me. It's better than CNN anyway. All they ever do on CNN these days is read out Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so my breaking news is that as I arrived home, uh, there was a package awaiting me, and it was the 110 film for my Voigtlander Vitterette.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I have put a roll of one term film in my Vitaret and I've taken so far two pictures of my garden of flowers in my garden. (laughs) (laughs) I was channelling somebody. Yep. (laughs) So only because I I, I only got it yesterday and I'm not working until Monday. But I am now gonna take the Mars bar sized camera that is my Voigtlander Vitaret one ten. EL I think it is uh, to work with me on Monday and I'm going to take some of my fairly standard photos of, of London cityscapes and see what happens uh, It certainly it seems to work uh, Awesome! I have, it was able to wind on film and i distinctly heard a shutter click and um, when it was too dark it had a little red led in the viewfinder so i think the camera works
1: that's great news that's well these are all good and promising signs what film was it color or black and white film
0: i'm guessing color uh, It's the color yeah it's the uh, the lomo tiger 200
1: oh awesome yeah that's the same as the stuff you sent me
0: right uh, yes, and it's the same as the stuff that I'd shot through the uh, the Pentax Auto 110 that I sent you along yeah. with the film. Uh, it's a stop too fast or a stop too slow, depending on the way you look at it. Most 110 cameras are quite happy either at 100 or 400 ISO, and they default to somewhere around 100. I think the Pentax I sent you would defaults to 80, uh, and I think the Voigtlander is looking for about 100 or 125. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and that's based on the uh, the plastic cartridge and and whether or not there's a, a nick out of it, which would denote to the camera the fastest film. Uh, but none of the cartridges have that anymore. They're all uh, so my camera thinks it's got somewhere around 100 ISO film in it, and it's actually got 200 ISO film in it. Uh, that works pretty well with the Pentax. Uh, as long as I didn't drop the batteries and and try and shoot it <laughs> without the batteries, as we've discussed before. Uh, but uh, uh, so hope I'm hoping it will work well with the vitreette as well. So I shall take my little candy bar camera to work on Monday.
1: Uh, I'm very excited to see the results from that. Does your um, local lab in London deal with 110 film, or is that asking no, too No,
0: it's going to go to it's going to go to the hippo. I think the photo yeah. hippo guys. Uh, they've uh, they've done uh i don't know if i shot one or two rolls at that pentax i think a couple um and uh that were they they did a pretty good job of it um they seem nice they're quick they'll as do, well, aren't they? yeah they they are yeah and they do um they can do a uh, an internet delivery of the scans rather than have to wait for them for snail mail as well so that that helps too so, yeah, I'm um, looking forward to that, and uh, it certainly will be discreet. I realise that I'm very late to the game on this one. In our Again, in our Flickr group, and I think on some places on Instagram, some of those things have already been posted. Certainly, uh, our buddy Obi Cole Kenobi uh, is posting Polaroids, um, or should I say, Instant uh, not instant, impossible film shots from his Polaroid camera. How on earth he managed to get impossible film and the camera for under twenty quid is <laughs> just yeah. amazing. I think I'm going to get him to do all my shopping for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they came out really well. Actually, I was uh, pretty impressed. They they came out very nicely.
0: Yes, they did, and uh, he's chosen the impossible colour film as well, and so you've got something that is yeah. There's some you know some adds an extra dimension to it too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Is there anything that you've been able to to share from your camera yet? The uh, the Olympus Ugly? Not yet, not yet. I still am ploughing
1: through that. (laughs) <laughs> massive 36 exposure roll of film i'm very <laughs> nearly there now actually i went out That's last like week-
0: three rolls of film in one go isn't it oh god it's
1: too many <laughs> it's too many um i went out last weekend uh with my partner we went to marlborough which is a pretty little town nearby oh, it is
0: yeah i know Marlborough. And,
1: yep. um and took a few pictures there so i'm i'm nearly done now it, it is getting to that point where i'm now just almost indiscriminately firing at anything with that camera just to finish the roll of film. Um,
0: Enjoying it then, are you?
1: (laughs) It's fine. You know, it is one of those things where the the choice of film was a mistake. There's no two ways about it. Putting in uh, the ISO 50 film was just too slow, even in the summer. um, Because except when I take a day off, like I did last Saturday, most of the time I'm going to get out is going to be in the evening, and those light levels are just dropping too quickly, and the the, the lens is slow, and so I end up a bit bejiggered. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I'm I am very much planning on getting that roll finished in the next couple of days, even if the last five shots are all uh selfies of me. <laughs> Maybe I'll get one in focus because it's an autofocus camera, um, <laughs> as opposed to all the other. I've got I. What roll of film was it? I can't remember. But, the uh, yeah, I've got another out-of-focus selfie from one of my other cameras. I'm really good at failing to judge how long my arms are. You'd think I'd know by now. I've had them for quite a while. <laughs> um, so as soon as those results are done, I'll get them up. We've also seen some results from uh, Ian Kay's, um I think it was the Sprocket Rocket he shot so far, isn't it? I haven't seen any from the action sample, but I've certainly seen some from the Sprocket Rocket... And they're looking very good, so
0: yeah, nice. Yes, they were interesting, actually, weren't they? Yes, and uh, where did you post this? Is that on Instagram? Um he might put them on the Instagram. They're
1: definitely on the forums. pixelated.com Um yeah, he's changed his name now on Instagram. He's now Inky Photo on Instagram. If anybody wants to hunt his stuff down. He's put a lot of work up there actually, so definitely worth checking that out because his stuff is lovely. Um I did speak to or have a conversation with <laughs> Dave off the forums, as I mentioned earlier yesterday. I'm not sure how well he's progressed. The first Minolta that he bought I think was a duffer completely so he then went on eBay and bought a job lot of Minolta bodies Um, but he doesn't seem to have acquired them yet apparently entirely through his own fault which does not surprise me at all Um, something about his uncle Norris collecting them from Milan station or something. I lost (laughs) the thread of it so quickly because this line of thought was going along interspersed with comments about his Jif lemon and pineapple soaked film. So it was all very confusing, (laughs) but I think we might have to wait a while before we see the fruits of Dave's labor. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's all good We should. Uh, I, I will certainly have some results this next week and hopefully it won't be long before you do either, dude
0: No, I'm looking forward to it I'll, I'll certainly blast through a roll in the coming week and, and send it off to the lab and then we'll see what happens uh, and uh, we'll see whether the camera works <laughs> we'll see how it compares to all those Holger shots of the city I've been shooting recently and uh, I guess, yeah, it's all, all to play for still then Is there a prize for this challenge? Uh, Honour is the first thing. (laughs) No, then.
1: (laughs) I mean, I have none, so I'm really looking forward to trying to claim some, although I I do feel my hopes are a little bit slim. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you get out of that bitorette because a a bit like we were talking earlier about the different film styles affecting how you shoot, the fact that that bitorette is so compact, and I'm guessing pretty quiet as well, um, it should open up some new opportunities for you.
0: I think you're right. Uh, It it does have a tiny click, but you wouldn't notice it if you were outdoors, especially in a city. So uh, it's, and it is very, uh, it's very quick to use because it's, you, you essentially have you know, uh two apertures to choose from uh but you you do that there's no focusing to do or anything like that so you, you you can just stick it up to your eye and take the shot and move on it's going to be even quicker to use than the pentax auto 110 because the pentax is manual focus which is fine because it's a 24 millimeter lens and so you can put it on you know so you know something approaching infin- infinity and and you're probably going to get what you want in focus but actually with the vitrate there's not even any of that to deal with. Uh so yeah, I'm really looking forward to using it actually. It should be quite liberating.
1: Yeah, and no, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Okay, right. I think that probably uh brings us to the end of the the major topics of the day. And uh but I know you wanted to talk a little bit about a new shop that you found. Well, yeah, just uh, I've not used them yet, but
1: this was one of these little internet paper trials that you go along. So I, as I mentioned earlier, was on the first call, which is a um, photography supplies store online and it sells a really broad range of stuff and I was looking at the Fuji home kit on there. And whilst I was there, I was also looking at what film stock they had because it'd be rude not to and I'm always looking for something interesting. And I found this 120 paper, paper negative washi film stock, which I'd never heard of. So I was like, oh, I'll look into that a bit more. I didn't find it that much. Well, I found out some more information about it. Well, at some point we'll have to try it and do a deep dive on that because it looks quite interesting. But Mm. it led me by steps to another photography store uh, called Nick and Trick Photography. uh, Nick, N-I-K and Trick, T-R-I-C-K. If you Google that, you'll find their website. And this appears to be a store down in the south of England. What... I particularly liked about it they're very much focused on analog photography and they've got a great selection of unusual and old and rare film stocks because I don't know about you Aid, Um I listen to and have listened to for a long time and absolutely love the film photography
0: podcast oh yeah and I do yeah
1: It's great. They are an inspirational podcast and uh, certainly responsible for me buying even more cameras (laughs) than I uh, would have done otherwise. And they uh, supply um, a lot of great films, particularly they've been doing a lot of uh, motion picture films lately. And that's great for all you all out there in the States. But unfortunately, it's a little prohibitively expensive to get things shipped to this country, especially if you only want one or two rolls to try it out, because I don't get through a lot of film. So they've been a bit of a, an unavailable resource for us. And Nick and Trick Photography has quite a lot of this stuff. They've got Kodak Cine Steel Film and stuff like this on um, small rolls. And I'm definitely going to next time I need to get some color film, I'm going to get some of that stuff ordered. The postage rates seemed great. Um, and they do other stuff as well. They've got secondhand cameras and stuff like that. But I just thought it was really uh, nice to find somewhere in this country that's supplying that motion picture stock for us to try out. And they've got, because they also clearly source and hunt down wherever they can, rare and unusual stock. They've got, they had some rolls of 127 film for the old 127 cameras Um and all sorts of other bits and pieces. It's definitely worth a circle around on their website. And the prices seem quite reasonable as well for what they had. Availability is obviously going to be the thing because almost all of these things are going to be of limited availability. So check back regularly, see what they've got. And as and when I do get some stuff from there, I will let you know um, how I find the experience and and what the stuff's like. But yeah, I'm quite excited about that.
0: Sounds good. It sounds like it could be a really good resource, actually. Um, I mean, I've I listened to the film photography podcast for some years as well, and they do talk a lot and promote a lot of these motion picture films and, and other things that they, they manage to get. And I, same as you, I've never bought anything from them, simply because, you know, unfortunately, no matter how hard they try, uh, the shipping costs from America to the UK essentially double the price. Yeah. So if there's somebody doing something similar in the UK I mean that could be fantastic so I I will be looking them up as well and seeing if there's anything that that tickles me and uh you know let's 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 dip our toes in the water together maybe <laughs>
1: Yeah absolutely and then this is another great reason for having the C41 kit because the one barrier to using the motion picture film is that it has this remjet coating on it which means that you can't get it developed at an ordinary colour lab. You need to send it to someone that will particularly do it because otherwise you'll gum up their machines. Or you can do it at home and manually remove the ramjet yourself. And I've looked at a couple of videos. It's not difficult to do, but it's just another step in the process. So another another good reason to have it. So if we get somewhere and you can take your pictures and send them up to me and I'll... Uh, Get my rubber gloves on and squeeze you <laughs> off the rim. Yeah, it'd be fine. No,
0: that's good. Do they process that sort of stuff as well? Will they? Will they take those kind of films and develop them for you?
1: Um, you know, I'm not sure. I have a feeling they might do. Um, I haven't looked into it in any great depth, but I did see on there that they've got their own way of removing the remjet. so yes you may well be able to actually send films back to them to get developed as well, oh, well could, be very handy
0: could be even better yeah absolutely yeah. Oh, all right so we look looking forward to to seeing what they're all about then okay well i would like to make i know this is usually your little bit that you do but i'd like to make a couple of shout outs uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> are you are you sure you're comfortable with this you know well, i've come back from my holiday i'm ex, you know, you know Taking over your space. I know,
1: I know. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> this is you—you you, know—you know—you've seen the. Uh the big wild world out there there's gonna be no getting you back in your box
0: <laughs> <laughs> true enough i think that happened many many years ago but true enough <laughs> so uh, a couple of people i'd like to talk to uh or talk about uh first is our friend uh cole miller obi cole kenobi on the forums um who very kindly promoted us on twitter saying to everybody that follows him uh please listen to our podcast because it's a great podcast so thanks cole and yeah actually, do you know what i haven't checked how many people follow cole but <laughs> like, yeah and given that it, it's probably more than follow me and you uh i thought i would just say thank you very much
1: yeah and and as we're now 11 episodes in this seems like the perfect time to say thanks cole for doing that i really appreciate it and hey cole how about posting that effing olympus pen on you son of a bitch
0: that's <laughs> all <laughs> yeah see i had forgotten that he still has that
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll for, the, for the rest of time. our <laughs> listeners, that's,
0: that's an in-joke for the rest <laughs> of our listeners. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we will make that a segment at some point. Suffice it to say that there is an Olympus pen that's doing a world trip very, very slowly indeed.
1: Really, really <laughs> slowly. Yeah. We'll do that as a segment as and when it ever gets out of Coles' house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, so another person that has uh, gone out of their way to promote us this week is uh, Corey uh, Pinhole Cannon on Instagram, uh, who actually used uh, to promote our podcast our logo uh, the orange and yellow sunny 16 badge where uh, uh, silhouetted people taking photos it's the, the the cover graphic we use for the podcast and for other things as well um so thank you very much cory for taking the time out to promote us uh just a little bit on that badge though uh we always say thank you to chris every week uh, our buddy in tokyo who gives us all sorts of support for the podcast one thing i don't think we've mentioned before that actually is that actually one of his many many skills is graphic design and it was him uh, that designed the sunny 16 logo for us so different kind of thanks for chris this week thank you chris for designing our logo which is now becoming somewhat of a uh, globally recognized symbol that other people are picking up
1: yeah thanks chris and thank you cory uh, Again, Corey Cannon. I mentioned this earlier, and I've said this to him before now. That's my superhero name, Corey Cannon. What a great superhero
0: name Do you know, second only to Dirk Diggler.
1: (laughs) Dirk Diggler, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure that's a super superhero name, but...
0: Okay. Alright. So I mean we mentioned their Twitter we mentioned their Instagram. Uh we are at Sunny16 Podcast on Instagram. And funnily enough we are at Sunny16 Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Uh and uh we're getting some photos posted now to our Flickr group, which is great. Uh we are the Sunny Sixteen Podcast Flickr group. Uh for those that still use Flickr and still like to share things on Flickr. Uh I've been posting my Holger Week photographs up there. Uh, we didn't get to talk about those today so maybe we'll, we'll go through mine next week having discussed Graham's a bit this week. Uh, you can also email us at sunny16podcast at gmail.com And lastly, I'd like to say thank you to Kevin McLeod, whose music "Honeybee" we use for the podcast uh, that's licensed under Creative Commons and is available at incompetech.com now, Graham, have you been watching the iTunes reviews while I've been away?
1: I have. It's all quiet on the iTunes front at the moment. There's no news to report, I'm afraid, unless there's somebody in a country other than the UK or America who is listening. That seems optimistic at best. Um, I did want to give a very quick shout out to a lovely lady who we're following and who's following us on Instagram, Um and I'm going to make sure I get uh, her Instagram there. It's Judy M. Boyle, who sent me a message today saying that she spent the last week binge listening to the podcast. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, and one, Judy, thank you so much for listening. Um, It sounds more like cringe listening than binge listening, (laughs) and I hope it hasn't caused any long-term damage to you, but um, thank you. Judy has a, a lovely feed. What I really like about Judy's feed, It's not just really nice pictures. She put a pinhole, unsurprisingly, there's a lot of pinhole stuff on mine, but a lovely pinhole shot from the Gettysburg um, Memorial, which is fantastic. But Judy's also an artist. So interspersed amongst all these lovely photos, there's watercolours and there's all sorts of other stuff. She's incredibly creative. And looking at her paintings has even made me think, God. I'd quite like have a go at learning to paint as well because, you, you know, that seems like a great thing to do. So anyway, check out that um, Instagram feed if you want to see some really nice art.
0: What's her handle on Instagram? It's Judy M-B-O-Y-L-E Boyle. So. all ah, right. OK, I will certainly do that. That sounds very interesting indeed. And thank you, Judy, for, strangely, for, for listening to us ramble on for hours on end. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, that cannot be good for anybody's sanity.
0: no no certainly not been good for my wife (laughs) and on that note i think we've probably uh we've probably done enough damage to Judy and our other listeners for this episode what do you reckon
1: yeah i think so
0: in which case then i will uh sign off and say thank you everybody for listening we will be back next week goodbye bye Binge listening. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, uh, I don't know whether to applaud her or recommend a psychologist. Yeah, going to say
1: call her a counsellor.
0: And <laughs> call her a what? <laughs> <laughs>